You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Britton. I'm your host. This is the Week 18 Best Bet Show. If you're watching on YouTube, we are live for this every... about every, th- I guess every Thursday, we'll be live for the playoffs too, making picks. But this is the final, of course, week of the regular season. We go live at 1 p.m. You can subscribe, like, and comment. Plus, turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. And if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening anywhere, we appreciate it. But if you're listening on Spotify specifically, give us a five-star rating. They just added a rating system. Joining me to break down what the first ever history is being made, the first ever week 18 in NFL history. Pete Prisco and RJ White. Pete, you've been doing this for 50 years. Actually, maybe like 60. And you... This is my 70th year. I remember way back in the day when I first started doing this. Do you think that... Do you think that Otter Graham... eyes back then. Do you think that Otter Graham and Norm Van Brocklin, your close personal friends, uh, would have would have ever seen it at Week 18 coming? No. No. And back then, we had barely even played any games. Right. When, when I first, um, seriously, when I first started watching the league, it was 14. Wow. What an old man. RJ, what's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing? Doing well. Excited for week 18? Ready for the season, Dan? Thrilled. I'm thrilled this this season that's been amazing is taking one week longer to finish. It's been incredible. <laughs> the world. I they keep ESPN keeps running these uh these ads for uh the Monday night football playoff game. It's like the NFL's law first ever, longest season ever gets even longer. Monday night football. It's like stop. I don't want this season to be longer. I want this season to be shorter, man. Anywho, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. I sort of want it to be shorter, but it is fun. At least least give these teams an extra bye, you know. If you're going to make it longer, give them them another week off to to recuperate and and recharge. Yeah. Uh, So, quick question. We all did really well in week 17. Pete, six and one, an altered six and one. There's asterisks littered, lit, scattered across the landscape on, on your picks. Uh, I'm five and two. One of my losses was the over in the Vikings Packers game, which should almost hit anyway. But obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins was rolled out as soon as we finished doing this podcast. RJ, four and two. Um, also, that includes the Vikings too. And I'm not whining to get it taken off. I had Vikings uh, plus six and a half. And obviously, no, nobody took that by the time you heard the, the podcast and he was out. So, right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's right. By the time people heard the podcast or watch it, he was, he, he was probably already like 12 and a half. So hopefully you didn't have that. I mean, whatever. Um, weird season. So for the overall records, are we going to count our playoff picks or are we just going to do regular season? I, I would say regular. I mean, typically we do regular season, right? And we just, yeah, we and then we like playoffs playoffs. Okay. Yeah. All right. I need to know, cause I'm seven games below 500 and I'm going to, Try and shoot them in and get uh, get to 500 or above. Some weird stuff happened in week 17, including the parlay hitting. Oh, it finally hit. It did. It yeah. did. I saw that. The guy on Twitter was thrilled. Eagles, Steelers, and Bengals uh, all covered in kind of convincing fashion, too. I guess the well, Bengals. I don't know about the Eagles. <laughs> the, well, the Eagles, Eagles snuck it out. They needed an end zone interception. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. And the Bengals were sort of in a dogfight, too, where they could have been backdoored. Two backdoor and, possibilities. Steelers. And we, al- we almost had a fourth game, which was the Saints, which would have covered also. And so, Pete, I was expecting to come on here and Pete to chide me for not for not wanting to put that in. But that would have been you, a lucky cover, too. That's right. That would have been a lucky cover, that too. That would have been a lucky you, cover, too. They, yeah. I, hey, we had a lot of yeah. unlucky losses, too. I mean, you got to take them when you can get them. That's right. Sunday, it's the NFL season finale on CBS with several key games that will determine teams' postseason fates, including the Steelers looking to stay alive in the AFC, the Bills trying to wrap up the East, and the Patriots hoping a victory plus a Bills loss will vault them to a division title. Plenty of questions will be answered, and we'll get you set for every possible playoff scenario at noon Eastern on the NFL today. The NFL season finale, Sunday on CBS. Excited for it. Week 18, first time ever. Let's get into the picks. Let's stay. Let's stay warm. And we, I feel like we've been rolling along pretty good the last, like maybe month. That seemed about right. Yeah, yeah. I've um, I'm trying to think what my 
Okay, I, I've uh, I've managed to climb out of the basement uh, against the spread on the on the site picks. Now three games above five hundred after a thirteen and three week last week. In fact, it's one you of those. Where, top, did you see you were the top guy in out of those pick contests this week? All the no, I was. People, they sent it out on Twitter. Yeah, you uh, oh, the pick, you, pick watch they, or they, whatever. It wasn't pick watch. It was another one, but they you were first. No, oh, I was fourth. Nice. Yeah, you went twelve and four. Um, the it's it, if you start getting hot down the stretch of an NFL season, like doing these public picks, you start getting a bunch of tweets. People are like, "Let's go! Let's finish strong! Come on! Need your week eighteen, week seventeen picks." Um, and so, yeah, this is a hard week, though. Yes, this is like it's very hard. It's I mean, it's week seventeen is you. I mean, usually it's week seventeen is the final week of the season. It's impossible because you're basically trying to pick out motivation. I've actually got a um. So I'm in a picks pool with uh, you know, a bunch of my friends, and I am one game out of first place for the season long, season long title. So pretty excited about that. Tells you how bad everybody is over there. Anyway, let's uh, let's dive into the picks. You start let's do it with a Saturday afternoon game. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Denver to play the Broncos. The Chiefs are ten point favorites in this game. The NFL flex this game along with. Uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, which we'll talk about next, uh, to Saturday because – well, I mean, they, they flex two games this Saturday on ESPN and ABC. And the logic with the Chiefs and the Broncos is Kansas City, currently the number two seed in the AFC. If – let me make sure I got that right. Yes. If the Chiefs were to win and the Titans were to lose, the Chiefs would um, secure the number one seed. Assuming a bunch of other stuff didn't happen, I believe. Uh, the, the Chiefs can finish anywhere between one and four. So, in other words, they are motivated to play this game because the number one seed is still very much alive. They have won 12 straight games against Denver. The last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs was 2015 with Peyton Manning. Patrick Mahomes in his career, 8-0 and against the Broncos, 6-2 and against the spread. Drew Locke, 0-3 with two touchdowns and five picks against the Chiefs in his career. And the Chiefs actually secured their first ever under on a season win total since Andy Reid showed up this year. They can't crack uh, – they won't crack 13. So, Pete, what do you think about this little matinee affair in the Mile High City? Yeah, I, look, I, the Chiefs somehow went to sleep in the second half on offense the other day. I don't know what happened, but I think they're going to bounce back here and play better. This Broncos team offensively is awful. It's one of the worst Broncos offenses in history. I think they're really going to struggle again in this one. The Chiefs defense gave up a lot of points last week and had problems with Joe Burrow, as we saw. But that Denver offense is terrible. Uh, so I think the Chiefs, will, with so much at stake and the Broncos booking their trip to uh, uh, Cabo, uh, I think that you're going to see Kansas City handle this by two touchdowns. So I'll take the Chiefs minus the points as one of my best bets. Yeah, the question here is motivation for Denver after after you know being knocked out. Is Denver going to quit with this being a standalone national game and with Big Fangio coach? I doubt they actually quit. You know, I think we're going to see good effort from them. And the Denver defense has largely been great since the bye, including at Kansas City in Week 13. So I'm not sure Kansas City scores a ton here either. Um, that Denver offense, I'd feel better with Teddy if Teddy was coming back. But you know, they'll get several key guys back from COVID. But with Lockett quarterback, you can't really expect many points from that offense against the elite defense. I think the spread's probably a little too high in Denver with. The team, I think, will be motivated to play. So I would lean to Denver. But my best bet's the under 44 and a half. I just think it's a defensive battle where the Chiefs aren't going aren't, aren't, aren't to have too much success offensively. And Denver, I just don't know how many points they score at all. So my best bet here, under 44 and a half. Yeah, I would probably look towards that under before I mess with Kansas City. You know, the, the Broncos just can't – the problem with Drew Locke is you're just dealing with a lot of variants where he can – you know, he could go out there and throw a bunch of deep touchdowns or he can go out there and just, you know, throw six pick sixes and just not even think about it. The Broncos haven't scored more than 13 plus. Peter, are you clicking a pen? What's going on here? No, it's this. What is it? It's my case. Your AirPod yeah. case, you're just opening it. You got to stop that. Why? It's like, you? Yeah, it's like a it's like a clacky smoke detector or something. A clicky smoke detector. Is that, is that really annoying you? Because I might continue to do it. <laughs> no, no, we will. There, no one will listen to this podcast if that noise is happening. <laughs> the course of the, I thought it sounded familiar because it sounds like this. Um. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't be, I like flicking the case too, but don't do that. Plus, it might knock your AirPods out, and then we'll lose you. We can't have that happen. Um, Broncos haven't scored 13 plus points in three straight games. Patrick Mahomes 20 and three in division games, the best since 2000. 
Um, 10 is kind of steep for me. I don't really want to get back to Broncos, but um, I think you could use the Chiefs as maybe like a, a money line parlay piece or something of that nature. Don't have a best bet in this game for me. I'm sure I'll bet on it, but don't have a best bet. Cowboys minus seven at the Eagles over under 43. Some uh, So the Cowboys in this spot are still playing for potentially the number two seed, which I think is kind of important because Jerry Jones with his, you know, just the way that Jerry operates, I think uh, we would, I, I would expect that Jerry Jones would like to get the number two seed. Now it's a fairly unlikely, I think there's some, you know, it's like a pretty, uh, steep parlay that would have to hit for this to happen. We've seen a huge shift in this line because Tyron Smith and Michael Parsons both placed on the COVID or both expected to be placed on the COVID list. And that means, you know, since it's Thursday, as when that news came out, it's really unlikely that they're going to be able to play on Saturday evening at eight o'clock when this game kicks off. That's why the line dropped from Cowboys minus seven down to Cowboys minus four and a half. I think if we've got the news, that we should operate with under the under the under I think we should operate under Cowboys minus four and a half. I don't believe any of us put in a best bet for this game. I would have gone Cowboys minus seven if they were fully healthy and had everybody in there. Um, but I ended up passing, I ended up actually buying out with some Eagles plus seven earlier this morning before, and I'm glad I did because it dropped uh substantially. The Eagles are expected to sit most of their starters. So this game is kind of up in the air, not a game that I think you want to jump on on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday, right, Pete? No, and I was leaning to the Cowboys, too, but with those guys out, uh, I don't know. But look how many guys are going to – how are the Eagles going to play it? Who's sitting? They have so many guys on the COVID list, too. So it's a hard game to pick. That's why I didn't make it a best bet in any way, shape, or form. But I would lean to the Cowboys strictly on the fact that they have more motivation here. Even with Philly's Philly's um, you know COVID issues, I was leaning toward them at plus seven. Felt it was a little too high. Philly obviously has a competent backup quarterback coming and score points. I think they might throw the ball a little with him, um, a little more than expected, rather than run a vanilla offense to just try to put more passing stuff on on tape for the playoffs for people to uh, to prepare for, and then when they get to the playoffs, just run it down people's throats. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think you can really play this game right here. What I did with this game is I put in a bunch of a, a few correlated parlays last week on look ahead lines. So. Um, one of them is Eagles money line was last week Eagles money line Green Bay money line and San Francisco money line because if all that happened um, and, and the Cowboys you know would probably have something to play for and the Eagles wouldn't so we, we figured the Eagles would rest people so I, I put those together with Dallas minus three and a half so once it opened at like three and a half I was like well this needs to move because Eagles aren't gonna have motivation and it jumped up to seven and I was like okay great now we have great value now it's coming back down so who knows where this thing's gonna settle at but hopefully that three and a half is gonna look look better because um, the other couple uh, correlated parlays I have available the lines are much better than than this little ping-ponging around the, the the number that we got yeah like I said I just don't see how you can bet this until you know who's going to play for Philly until you know what the COVID situation is for the Cowboys and there's been sort of varying reports from it um Mike Garofalo of NFL Media and Jane Slater of NFL Media both see, Jane seemed to indicate that it was just a few Cowboys who would have it and then the way that uh Mike uh, phrase his tweet was like uh something like you know it won't be the only one or something like that so it, it just it, is there a COVID breakout with the Cowboys and if so I mean like if there is a COVID breakout with the Cowboys and there's a chance that we see multiple key players aside from just Micah Parsons and and Tyron Smith so two, two of like the top five most important guys on the Cowboys this year uh if we see more than those guys uh out then you know it's a chance there's a chance that Philly um could actually be a decent look, but we uh, we don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to do. So it's probably just a stay away until game time, you know, Saturday night, 8-15. I mean, who's not betting on the game, right? But, like, let's uh, let's maybe hold off and, and get a little closer. And let, I just think there's too, too much variance going on in this game to make a, a pick right now. Saints, minus four and a half at the Falcons. Over, under of... 40 here. The Saints are still alive for the playoffs. They need to win and they need the Rams to beat the 49ers for New Orleans to jump into the playoffs. And there's tie situations involved in there too, but you get the point. Uh, they are, what do you think, Pete? Uh, Falcons at home coming off a, you know, they were eliminated from the playoffs by the Bills last week, but can they still be feisty here against the, the hated rival Saints? Yeah, they'll be feisty here. They don't like this team, they don't like each other. 
The Saints don't like them. This is this is a rivalry. Um, and, and again, the Saints are playing for playoffs. The Falcons would love to knock them out of the postseason. And if you're going to give me four and a half at home, I think the, the Falcons are still playing hard, which is a good sign for Arthur Smith. And, uh, you know, the Saints are limited offensively. So, yeah, I think they hang around in this game, and I'll take the four and a half. New Orleans won last week, but it wasn't a great day for the offense against a Carolina defense that had struggled heavily running into that game. Uh, Ramchek looks like he's finally back this week, so that's going to be big for the Saints offense. Atlanta might be missing pits, so that that's a you know a negative for the the Falcons offense. Uh, the Falcons defense, uh, especially against the pass, played really well against Buffalo. They just couldn't stop the run. Um, but Josh Allen had a terrible game there, so really you know impressed with what we saw from the Atlanta defense in that game. And Atlanta beat a hot New Orleans team earlier in the year that was playing much better than this team is right now. So I don't. Expect New Orleans to run away with this one either, uh, even though they are playing for postseason. Like you said, Atlanta wants to play spoiler versus their rival. Their coaching staff is safe. They're not going to be distracted. They know they're coming back next year. I think anything above three is good value for Atlanta. So I love getting four and a half. It's a best bet for me too. Yep. Best bet for me too. Uh, this is, I mean, it's pretty, uh, look, here, here's the deal. As uh, It's hilarious, by the way. Friend of the podcast, uh, at Cleve TA on Twitter, uh, is, uh, is actually made his way into our CBS Sports Research Packet. He said, he tweeted, I think I post this every year, but keep in mind that quote unquote must win does not actually mean quote unquote will cover in the last week of the season since 1990 teams that are out of playoff contention are 94, 56 and four against the spread in week 16 and 17, 17, 18 this year, obviously versus teams that must win to keep playoff hopes alive. In other words, yes, you can, you can use motivation as a handicap in these spots, but it doesn't always mean that they're just going to, you know, completely dominate. And as you guys point out, the motivation is there for the Falcons. I mean, you knock like you know, the Falcons aren't going to Falcons aren't going to the playoffs. They are eliminated. Uh, they haven't they haven't had an okay season, but you can finish the season by knocking out knocking the Saints out of the playoffs. I bet you get a like behind the scenes, you know, dance party with Arthur Smith in the locker room if they take out the Saints at home because just because they hate these these two teams hate each other so much. I'm telling you what, I've gone to many a Saints Falcons game in my day in both cities. And it is nasty. It is. I remember I mean, the, it is, they remember they Sean Payton was doing the. He's like at like Devontae Freeman. He's just like, you choker, yeah, choker. I mean, they hate. I can remember. I can remember one year I was meeting Mike Smith for lunch, the day of the game, and we had to sneak in like the side door because he didn't want anybody seeing him. <laughs> <laughs> and it did, uh, wasn't it like it was in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he didn't want anybody spitting in his food and like, yeah. like and Mike Smith's the nicest human being on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> the and like uh, Sean Payton would always, you know, if they played each other in the final week of the season, Sean Payton would run up the score, try and like pad the Saints' stats. I mean, they they hate each other. So I, I think I agree with RJ. Anything above three is pretty good here, and I we'll put it in the parlay. Obviously, I don't even hate the idea of the Falcons on the money line here. I mean, I, I think I mean I think they're live to win it outright. If you look at uh, the Falcons uh, like schedule this year, it's pretty, it was pretty easy to decide when they were going to win and when they were going to lose. I mean, they lose to good, they lose to good football teams and they beat bad football teams. The one exception was their 27, 25 win at new Orleans when they beat the saints back in, in week nine. So even though the saints are probably a good football team, they're just not explosive enough to outscore the Falcons by a ton of points. And uh, you know, this is a Saints team that has scored. The last time they scored above 20 points was week 14 against the uh, Jets, who were obviously terrible. Sit like six points, 17 points, 30 points, nine points, three points, 18 points. They're just not going to run away from the Falcons in this spot. So give me Atlanta as a best bet as well, and we'll throw it in the parlay. The other game that I mentioned is important for the Saints 49ers at the Rams. 49ers can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie or a Saints loss or a Saints tie. So if the Saints and the Falcons tied, the 49ers would get in as well, assuming that they don't lose, right? 49ers, uh, you know, I hate the tie. The ties is just annoying. Um, Rams can clinch the NFC West with a win or a tie or a Cards loss or a tie. The Rams are still alive to end up as a 2, 3, 4, or 5 seed the 49ers can be either the six or the seven seed. Trey Lance coming off his first career win. Jimmy Garoppolo is still questionable here. We don't know whether who's going to play, but Kyle Shanahan said that if 
he basically said if Jimmy G is able, capable of going out there and playing the way that he normally would, he is going to start um, in this game. Pete, Rams minus four and a half, over under 44 and a half. Yeah, the history is bad for the Rams in this game. Last five times, the 49ers have won the game outright. And and But I just think that if Trey Lance is on the field, which I think he will be, um, I, I think he's going to struggle against that Rams defense. And I think the Rams uh, and Stafford, your Hall of Famer, will get it back in gear here. He's not played very well. He's making elementary mistakes, which is surprising uh, for a guy that's been that good in his career. But I think finally McVay will get the best of Kyle Shanahan. So I'm going to lay the four and a half and make it one of my best bets. It's the Jerry Goff curse. He get rid of Matthew Stafford. I think whoever the next starting Rams quarterback is going to have the same thing. And it's just going to be like Jerry Goff is going to haunt the franchise forever. You know, making these, these, these elemental mistakes. Like you said, Lance finally came around on the second half last week, but that first half was pretty ugly. And the offense, I think needs Jimmy G in there for this game, but they also need him at hundred percent since he was unable to play last week. I don't anticipate him being at hundred percent here. If he's in Stafford does continue to throw those awful picks, but San Fran's defense only has seven interceptions on the year. Their top cor- two cornerbacks went on the COVID list this week. So who knows if they'll be active and if they are active, if they'll be at 100%. Uh, Shanahan does continue to dominate McVay in the series. Like you said, that's kind of the biggest reason to lean to San Francisco. But overall, I think that San Fran quarterback situation is, is worth more to me um, than that Shanahan-McVay history. So I would lean to the Rams, but I want it at minus four at least. So it's a stay away for me. Uh, I got the 49ers as the best bet. And I I think I want them I, I want to say that they'll win. I'm not exactly sure that they will. I think it'll be a close game. Um clearly they're you know they're motivated because they you know they want to make the playoffs, but they can still get in if the Falcons were to win. That's just asking like you can't leave your fate in the in the hands of another team. Um the Rams also, you know, with because of uh because of the Cardinals situation, you know, they have to think that the Cardinals is a is a pretty big home favorite will find a way to win. So the Rams are also a must-win team. I just think this should be a three-point line, four and a half, a bit much. I will take the 49ers catching the points. By the way, the 49ers defense the last eight, eight weeks, allowing just 17.4 points per game, six and two in those games, three and five before that, allowing 25.3 points per game in that poor stretch. Seahawks at Cardinals, mentioned it, Cardinals minus six and a half, over, under, 48. Cardinals can clinch the NFC West with a win and a Rams loss. They're looking for their first sweep of Seattle since 2009, first season sweep of Seattle. Uh, do you, can you name the coaches and the quarterbacks for those two teams in 2009, Pete or RJ? Well, since it's on the rundown, I can. Oh, well. <laughs> I didn't think you actually read that thing. Uh, Hunt and Warner and Jim Moore Jr. and Hasselbeck. I added that, and then it got copy and pasted into the final rundown. Damn it! Good job, Pete. Uh, Seattle finishing last in the division for the first time since 1996. Rashad Penny. (laughs) What a time for Rashad Penny to break out. Unbelievable. I mean, averaging 120 yards per game. That was another one of my picks last week on our our morning show. I picked Rashad Penny to be running RB1 last week, and he was. He nailed it. He He led the league in rushing last week. Uh, all right, people. I'm so due to go rotten this week. It's amazing. Oh boy, here we go. What do you think? Cardinals minus six and a half over under 48. I'm going to go with the over in this game. I think it's going to get a little loose. I think Arizona's uh, offense uh, showed signs of life last week, which was a good thing. And the Seattle's defense is awful. It is terrible. I mean, the Lions moved up and down the field on them. So I, I think Arizona will score points. I think Russell Wilson will still play uh, well in this spot as well. So I'm going to lean as my best bet, to the over 48 in this game. My lean would be to Arizona. Seattle rolled in that last home game last week. That doesn't erase four months of kind of mediocre play, even if they are better than their record. Um, it's a clear come down spot for Seattle if Russ thinks he's leaving. Um, you know, after that that send off that he he kind of alluded to, he wanted people to ask him about whether it's his last game for, for whatever reason. Um, if he leaves, does Pete Carroll retire? And is this Pete? Is this Pete Carroll's last game? You know, so a lot of questions that I think we haven't really addressed media wise um, that much because we just don't know this the what the future holds for this team. But you know, you could see some extra motivation if Carroll if Carroll's going to retire here. Um, the Seattle offense has unlocked their rush attack. But Arizona's defended the run well in recent weeks. And while Seattle defends the run well, Arizona can beat you with a pass. And so I expect them to score points. So it's likely a stay away from me. But at six and a half, I would lean Arizona before it gets to seven. Yeah, I the the rush factor is is tricky, right? Because I think that he will want to continue. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Russ wanted to come in here and continue to show showcase his skill set. 
that, you know, cause I mean, he hadn't had a great, you know, last 18 games or 20 games or whatever it is. So, I mean, in other words, like, I think he wants to remind people that he's still an elite quarterback and that if he is available via trade this offseason, that people need to try to come get him. The Seahawks you know, don't clearly don't have as much motivation, but I just, man, I don't know. This is, it seems like it's just begging you to take the, to bet the Cardinals and the Seahawks can kind of keep it close. So I, I lean towards Seattle, but don't have a, uh, a best bet in here. Right, worth noting before you follow Pete's over 48, the under is four and one in Seahawks Cardinals game since Cliff Kingsbury was hired. And, and you know what? In the second game of a division, usually I would lean that way. I just think that the Seattle defense is putrid. I mean, they're Seattle defense is terrible. It all, it all comes down to like, what do we get from the Seattle offense? And to RJ's point was, I mean, look, Russ was, Russ was fighting with big Ben for the, for the headlines, you know, about whose final home game, possible final home game. Um, and, and he showed out, I mean, four passing touchdowns, DK Metcalf caught three of them. Do we get that offense from Seattle or is it just, you know, or is it, you know, they're going to run into a, a, a better than Detroit, Arizona defense. So no, no play on that one for me. Titans minus 10 at the Texans over under 43. The Titans can clinch the first overall seed with a victory. I believe the Chiefs were to lose the Broncos. I'd have to, I need to look at the, the full scenario. But the Titans, Titans just need to win and they get the number one seed. And that means Derrick Henry's probably back for the you know, after the bye. Ryan Tannehill has cleaned up his turnovers over the last two weeks. And with AJ Brown back, he's up from 5.7 yards per attempt to 7.8. Titans are allowing just 9.8 points per game the last four games. They've also used 89 players this year, the most in NFL history kind of amazing pete uh do you like the titans uh to to pull away here or do you think the texans could keep it close no i think the texans are going to hang around uh, in fact i'm making a best bet I, I think this they've been playing hard and tough and and you know the titans are the better team there's no doubt but they went there and handled them the last time and they turned the ball over four times in that game i think Tannehill did on his own uh so i think you're going to see a titans a texas team Look, they don't like the tit- Titans at all. They'll hang around. The pressure's all on Tennessee. And I think it'll be a close game. So I'm going to take the 10. I-, I don't think the Texans win, but I'm going to take the 10 points. Yeah, it was a weird game that last one. Tennessee lost to Houston. I think it was five turnovers. But Tennessee's defense shut them down. And I think they'll shut them down again here. Houston D has been dominated by run game in three of their last five. We know Tennessee can replicate that. Even with Henry out, they've looked pretty good in the run game. It's a huge number to lay on the road. Houston has played better than anticipated down the stretch. We saw it come apart a little bit last week. Um, so I lean Tennessee here. I think the line should probably be a point higher. I had Texans as a best bet last week, thinking they've been competitive. I think it probably should have covered. I mean, they were ahead, I think, at halftime, and, and it kind of fell apart there at the end. Um, but that was one of my two losses with the Minnesota. So maybe that m- making me a little bit gun-shy going with Texans again. So my lean is going to be the Tennessee. I think the line's probably, like I said, uh, it should be 11, maybe 11 and a half. I, the, it, it, this was a tough one because – yeah, I agree. Like, I don't want to back the Texans. The Texans have not been good this season, right? I mean, they, you know, um, they did hang around though, and they've won games. Like, they beat the Chargers. They, yeah, they won. They won two games before they beat before they lost to San Francisco, and they and they were leading at halftime, as you point out, or, or they were it was close at halftime. So this is a team that's trying hard. David Culley's doing a great job with them. The one thing for me is that when you look at the Titans and that Jaguars game, like I, I think about the Jaguars game a few weeks ago that they won. Uh, 20 to zero. And then they beat the 49ers 20 to 17. You know, they, they thought the dolphins, but that game was like not a complete blowout until the Titans scored a couple times late to really run away with it. So in other words, these teams have just been able to keep it. Tennessee is content playing good defense, limiting the other team and kicking some field goals and not trying to, they're not going to you know score 40 points here. So I lean towards the Texans getting double digits, but you know, it's probably going to come down to a late garbage time touchdown from one of these teams to flip it, whether, you know, who covers it. The, the old witching hour, as they say on red zone. Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens minus five and a half over under 41 and a half. If the Jaguars beat the Colts and if there is no tie on Sunday Night Football, the winner of this game would be in the playoffs. Deontay Johnson was just added to the COVID list. Pete, you have a best bet on this game. Yeah, I have a teaser. Uh, I, the five and a half is a lot. It looks funny to me. It's a, it's a stinky line. But I think the Ravens are going to find a way to win the game. Uh, so I, I just decided I'm going to tease it down 
and under the even number and get it to plus a, half a point for the Ravens. And I, the Steelers are coming off an emotional game. It's tough to, you know, and I know they're still alive and both of them actually still alive, but I know they're uh, feeling like if they could get one upset, they get in if they win. So I, I just, but I think all that stuff from Monday night, short week, it's going to play into the hands of the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens, but I'm going to tease them down as part of my teaser and I'll get to the second half in the second. You're a brave man teasing on week 18. I couldn't do it. Couldn't be me, as the kids say, because um, you just don't know motivation factor. So I think the variance in any single game in week 18 is higher than another other week. So it's hard for me to pinpoint a game in a particular window. You know, anything, any any team can win by 20, I think, this week. Um, I think this is likely a come down spot for Pittsburgh after Ben's last home game. Baltimore's defense showed up last week. Um, we have, I've had questions about him all through the, them all through the second half. Um, they have lost five straight games. Three of those were road divisional games against a pretty good division, um, even though Cleveland's kind of been limping to the finish line. And then the other two were home games against Green Bay and the Rams, which might be the top two seeds in the NFC. So pretty tough schedule for them down the stretch, Um, including Deontay Johnson. Pittsburgh's put Joe Hayden on the COVID list. Starting center went on the COVID list today with Johnson. Um, So they have, you know, further issues there besides just Johnson. Uh, Earlier in the week, I liked Baltimore minus three and a half. I was leaning that way. Now we went up to five and a half for our lines, and now it's six in the market. A little harder for me to lay that. Could be rainy weather, limiting scoring, a little bit lower scoring game. So I'm going to stay away from this. I think Baltimore is probably the right side, but I don't really want to play considering I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. Yeah, I mean, this should be, you know, this should be a rock fight. I initially leaned towards Pittsburgh just because if you're getting more than three points in a Steelers-Ravens game, you sort of have to take it. This is probably, you know, we already saw Big Ben's final home game, and boy, what a, you know, what a, I mean, it happened exactly like I described it last week. There'd be a slow leak of news throughout the weekend about possibly Ben's final game. And then on Monday Night Football, you get Schefter reporting about it. And and then, my God, Ben, I mean, so, soak it in a little bit more, pal. Also, could we, could we be, I mean, I don't, I don't want to criticize the broadcast, but it was kind of annoying that they didn't just openly say, and, by, and they didn't openly say, like, this is Ben's last game. They just kept kind of alluding to it and dancing around it. Just say it. Nobody would even ask Ben afterwards, like, hey, is this your last game? Yes or no. Or last home game? Yes or no. It's very annoying. Anyway. Yeah, because he never said it. it. He's never said it. They pranced around the stadium for an hour after the game. Like, what are we doing? Tension hog. Anyway, I think the Ravens, the the COVID issues, I'm a little worried about for the Steelers here. I think the Steelers are basically, and they're still playing for the playoffs technically. Nobody really expects the Jaguars to beat the Colts. Uh, so you, but you have to, you know, have to go out there and try as if, as if they are uh, TJ Watt getting the single season sack record is probably a big deal to the Steelers in this one. He's just voted team MVP for the third straight year, but I do think Baltimore is just a much better team in the COVID stuff that appears to be popping up in Pittsburgh. Uh, gives me a lot of pause. I will take the Ravens minus five and a half as a best bet. It's six at, at Caesars right now. So uh, still fine with that. Obviously you know, prefer a lower number, but I think this could even run up to seven based on some of the, the, if the COVID issues continue to pop up for Pittsburgh Patriots minus six and a half at the dolphins over under of 40. So the number one seed is still technically in play for the Pats. They need a pretty wild. And so is the division. Technically they need a, uh, they need the jets to beat the bills. So good luck with that. And they have to beat the dolphins to win the division. So they would they would win it. They would have eleven six versus ten to seven for Buffalo. They also, if they wanted to get the one seed, I think they need it's like the Broncos, Texans, and uh, and the and, Browns. And, the, and, the Bengals, the, and no, they don't even need the Browns. They need the Broncos, Texans, and Jets to win. That parlay would pay, and, and they have to win too. That parlay would pay a lot of money. So it's unlikely, but it's still it's still out there. Uh, who do you like in this spot, Pete? Well, this is the second half of my teaser. Again, the number was six and a half. I don't know if they're going to handle that number easily. So I, Miami has plays tough against New England at home. Uh, they beat them earlier in the year at New England. And what looks now looking back on it, if they hadn't fumbled, they would have won that game and they'd be the, winning the division uh, inside the five-yard line. Uh, but I'm going to take New England on the um, as the second part of my teaser and tease it down to lay and a half. I think they win the game probably by a field goal or maybe, you know, so I'm going to just tease it down as the second part of my teaser with the Ravens. 
Yeah, I was thinking about putting in Miami as a best bet when it was seven at six and a half. I don't really want to do it. Their magical run ended in brutal fashion last week, got blown out. Um, but beating New England for them is huge in any context. I don't think they're going to go home and 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 just kind of quit on the season. Um, obviously, they want to get this win for Flores and and you know, hated rivals, like we were saying earlier. Um, so this is going to be huge for them. I expect full effort. New England can blow bad teams out, so they could win this game by a bunch if you think Miami's bad. They could also struggle against good defenses, and Miami has shown that they could be a good defense this year. So I do think New England ultimately wins also, but it's more competitive than expected as Flores tries to play spoiler. So I would lean to the, to the Dolphins. I, I don't mind putting it in teaser, but like I said, I'm not not rushing out to play teasers this week. So just a lean to the Dolphins for me. I am going to take the uh, the very low total of this game, the under. You mentioned second division games, of course, tend to get skew under. It's in Miami. So, look, I mean, these are just not explosive offenses. Now, the defenses can create turnovers. That's a little concerning. But I, I expect Bill Belichick to go down there, pound the football, and get to Miami team that you can run on. It's sort of a run funnel, actually. And tr- kick field goals, limit to a try and slow down. Just, make, just keep the Dolphins under 12 points. And you feel like you're going to, you know, handily win the game, like you know, seventeen to ten or something like that. I, I, this is not a high scoring game. I will take uh, the under, like the pay. I, I, I like Pete's teaser because I, you know Miami. I know they give the Pats trouble in these spots, but I think it'll just be a different game plan. And Miami eliminated from the playoffs now. They have to be. There's a lot going on swirling around that organization. That's not not necessarily conducive for conducive to a uh, a, a good performance. Let's take a break, and when we come back, I'll tell you who's going to win the Sunday Night Football showdown between the Chargers and the Raiders. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Chargers minus three at the Raiders over under 49 and a half. Pete, do you buy the idea that these two teams would take knees if it would put, get them both in the playoffs? No, I do not. And, and you know what? If that ever came down to that, the league should not allow it to happen somehow. Would, would Roger yeah. Goodell have snipers take out Derek Carr and Justin Herbert if they were, if they were taking knees in the middle of the game on Sunday Night Football? No, but he wouldn't be happy about it. I can tell you that. The integrity yeah. of the game is important, and there wouldn't be any integrity. So I don't, I don't think there's they're going to play the game, obviously, and uh, I think the Chargers are the better team. I, I think they're going to be able to wing it around. I was impressed with what the Raiders did. I, I Look, I liked them all last week. I thought they'd have a chance to win that game. Um, I, I probably should have put him in as a best bet. I didn't. Um, but again, I, I think this is an opportunity for Chargers to show people how good they are. And I think Herbert's going to play outplay Derek Carr. So I don't, didn't make it a best bet, but I'll take the Chargers. I agree that the Chargers are the better team, but the Chargers in a must win national game definitely sounds like a situation you want to trust them in. I think uh, <laughs> Brinson knows the history there. And he, uh, as a Philip Rivers fan, he knows all about rooting for the Chargers in these spots. 
I do think they're clearly the better team. The defense has been suspect in the second half, though, while the Vegas defense has played well. I know they've had some easy matchups. They get Carson Wentz coming back off of COVID, and, and they get backup quarterbacks. Um, so that that's, you know, take, take a little bit of the bloom off the rose there. But their offense could also should also be getting Waller back for this game, and Chargers' defense is awful defending tight ends. They're, I think they're the worst in the league defending tight ends. Um, and so – I do think the Chargers are better in a bubble, but now Staley's addicted to kicking conservative field goals. After all that flack he took against the Chiefs, he's just kicking these short field goals now when he shouldn't. And um, you do that in this spot, you're going to make it a closer game, and it could go either way. So I think this does go either way. Now that it's at plus three, uh, I made the Raiders a best bet at plus three. So um, get that number. So if it gets back down to two and a half, you know, take take them off the board because I think it's going to go either way. But if you can get plus three or better with either team, that's that's where I want to go. Yeah, I tend to think that this is a closer game. Maybe it's a higher scoring game. You know, we've seen, I think both teams are 10 and 6 to the over this year. Certainly could end up in a shootout, but it's hard to imagine one of these teams. The Chargers can't close out games. You know, they're not a team that's just going to snuff you out, and the Raiders aren't really either. I mean, these are two teams that are going to keep it down to the wire. So I I tend to probably lean towards, you know, RJ's direction with if you get the three and a half like Las Vegas – if you're if it's if it's under if you're three and a half or three if it's under a field goal it's hard to back the Raiders just because the Chargers could easily win the game. My best bet on that game for me, but I mean I'll be betting on it just because you know it's Sunday Night Football, the final regular season game of the year. Panthers at the Bucks. Bucks minus eight, over under forty one and a half. The Bucks are three and zero versus the Panthers. When Tom Brady start with Tom Brady, fourteen plus point wins each of those times. Panthers two and eleven straight up and against the spread after starting three and zero. The third team in NFL history to start three and zero and finish with eleven losses, uh, along with the two thousand twelve Cardinals and two thousand one Chargers, both of whom fired their coaches. Pete, who do you got, Bucks or Panthers? Well, I can't wait to watch Antonio Brown in this game. It's going to be fun to see him against that. Uh, no, you won't see him. Um, he's not there, and nor is Chris. Oh! Nor is nor is a bunch of the other guys. But I, it doesn't matter. Uh, Carolina's already booked their trip to the Bahamas. They're done. They're out. They stink on offense, and uh, I'm surprised they played as well as they did last week on defense. They won't hear. I'll take the Bucks minus the points. I didn't make it a best bet. I almost did, but I'll take Tampa Bay minus the points. I did make it a best bet. Tampa Bay minus a line drop considerably off the look ahead, which I think was 16 um, because Tampa was eliminated from the one seed. So I guess the motivation there is questionable. Will they play their starters? You know, the full game. But the number two seed is still a big deal. You get a home game in the second round. You expect to win in, in that divisional game against whatever wild card you're playing. And you don't want to be, you know, going on the road in that second that second round. So um, I think they want to get that two seed. They'll play. Arian sounds like he's going that direction. There's also an outside shot that Brady breaks the passing yards record. I mean, he needs near 500 yards. And I want to say with the weapons, it's it's out of reach. But we've seen that Carolina defense. I mean, who knows? You know, I could see Cyril Grayson and, and whoever else is in this game could be putting up huge yard to total. So um, Carolina's offense, also an absolute mess under hundred net yards, both passing and rushing last week. I think there's a better chance this game's 31, 10 more than it's a competitive game. So I got Tampa minus eight as a best bet. If I was going to tease this week, this would be one I would tease. Yeah. The, the line stinks. I don't really understand why it's eight. I mean, I guess Tampa is, has, you know, hasn't been exactly blowing anybody out. So you know, they've almost lost to the Jets. They don't have Antonio Brown. We know they should get Mike. I mean, Mike Evans should be playing in this game. No Chris Godwin, obviously. But I mean, and they, I mean, they look the last what four games, they barely beat the Bills despite having a big lead. Don't score against the Saints, barely beat the Jets, but then blew out the Panthers. So, I mean, I, the Panthers, the Panthers are one of the five worst teams, maybe one of the three worst teams in football. I just don't see how they're motivated to go down to Tampa Bay um, and and play well. But the, like, if this were ten, I would love the box because it's eight. It scares the crap out of me. It makes me think that Tampa will play play it close to the vest and and allow the you know, allow the Panthers to hang around. I don't know. I mean, the Panthers are god awful. They allow the most pressures in football on the season, and the Bucks generate the most defensive pressures. So. I the can't, worst I can't, offensive line I've seen in a long time. It's terrible. Like like in a like in years, right? It's awful across the board. Yeah, across the board, and, it's terrible. And Sam Darnold, with if you get it, if you pressure him, he's going to cough the ball up. I, I don't see how the Panthers score more than ten points here. I, no, I don't. I, know. I, I, I can't. Well, the I, defense I, hasn't been great either. No, but I can't. I can't back the Panthers, even though 
and I, I, I just no no bet here for me. WFT at the Giants over under or WFT minus seven over under thirty eight. Woof. Uh, this is Pete a scorcher of a one p.m. game. Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. The Giants' offense is totally disgusting. It's one of the worst. I mean, what's the Jaguars or the Giants? Who has the worst offense right now? Right now, Giants. as we speak, Giants for sure. Giants, Giants. yeah, My fault. it's terrible. It's awful, and I don't see them scoring a, a lot of points. Obviously, this number shows that, but I, I would take Washington here. I didn't make it a best bet, but I, I think Washington is still competing. Had a real chance to beat the Eagles last week. The Giants are packed up and gone home. They know there's going to be a ton of changes there. I, I take Washington minus the points, even though the number's bloated. Yeah, it's a lot of points to lay with a bad team on the road, um, and I don't think Washington is a, is a good team. I think they're pretty bad. But you can't play the Giants at any number right now. They gave up on passing the ball last week. They had two bad situations where you know the, the sack fumble and then the pick, and then JoJo just threw up his hands and said, "I quit. I'm not going to try to win a football game now. I'm just going to run the ball over and over and take my loss." And uh, it's got to be demoralizing as a player on that team. Why would you come out and compete when you see that from your coach? So I have the Giants now. I move them down. I typically don't move any team down in the power ratings below ten points below average. I think that's basement level. I had to move the Giants down to 12 points below average uh, after they just gave up on passing the ball. Um, and that puts this line about where it should be, I think. Um, but if the Giants passing game is going to have any success, you figure this is the matchup for it without Washington has struggled defending the pass. But uh, really, probably a college defense could stop this, this offense at this point. So with Washington looking like the actual NFL team last week, I think I probably would lean that way. But now that it's seven, not even thinking about playing Washington. I love Washington here. My favorite bet of the week. And do you know why? Because Joe Judge, in his post-game comments last week, comes out and says, in this answering this question, this 11-minute unhinged rant where he told multiple fabrications about former players calling him and being like, ah, oh, man, I wish I, I got to get back to New York. I don't care if I make less money. I want to come play for you, coach. And like all these soon-to-be free agents who come in begging him for a job next year. Like nobody believes any of this, Joe. And in the middle of all this stuff, he like just takes a unnecessary, out-of-control sideswipe of the Washington football team. Talk about them, a clown show organization that has fights on the sidelines. You haven't scored a touchdown in like, three games, I think, or like an offensive touchdown in the 30 plus drives, Joe, and you're taking sides. You're taking shots at your week 18 divisional opponent. You're a lunatic. What are you doing? Ron Rivera will take that personally. He will take that seriously and he will have his defense go in there and get after Jake Fromm, and, and he will not be afraid. I don't know if they can necessarily easily blow somebody out, but I think Washington will blow out the, the giants here because of those comments by Joe judge. So give me the Washington football team as a if you're, if you, you I like um, playing the little mind games thing here. If you are the Washington, don't you kind of want the Giants to to be successful in this game to keep Joe Judge around? Like if there's any off chance that he gets fired, I know that the speculation is that he's back for right. good. But if yeah. I'm the Washington coach, like I want him to look good in week 18 to make sure that, oh, look, they're building Go something. Go ahead and let him win, like win the game. Yeah. Keep him around. Exactly. I, that's a little bit of 4D chess for me, <laughs> <laughs> but I but I like I like the theory. Uh, I'll take Washington as the best bet. I don't care. They're, the Giants are horrendous. Colts, and also the Giants' biggest problem is their offensive line. Like if it weren't for the, if it weren't for the Panthers, the Giants would have the worst offensive line in football, probably. Will Hernandez and Skura the center were two candidates for the spinning tops of the week this week, but there was one line that was worse, and they didn't, they, so they didn't make it, but they were well, terrible last week. Well, Pete, let me ask you this. Who will those guys likely be blocking? Yeah, In, inside, Jonathan Allen. Yeah, Jonathan Allen to Ron Payne, the, guy that Joe, the, the, the guys that Joe Judge was clowning. Like, like yeah. if you can bet on Jonathan Allen sacks over, Jonathan Allen gets a sack, lock it up. They were terrible last week. Pray for Jake Fromm. Colts minus 15 and a half at the Jaguars. Over, under 44. This is a bounce around to 16, back down to 15 and a half. Um, look, the Colts haven't won. in. I, I've, I've, I had to go like, quadruple check this stat because when you say it, it makes you think that can't be real. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. That is crazy. Also, wasn't there a loss in London too in that time frame? Oh, maybe so. I just know they haven't won. Oh, it could be. But they just haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Yeah, yeah they I mean, have trouble with them. Yeah, they have trouble with them down there for whatever reason. It's, Frank Reich's never won a game, whether it's with um, well, Philip Rivers or, you know, 
whoever else he's had. He'll him. win a game. Well, Brinson, he'll win a game here. I can guarantee okay. you that. He's going to win the game. The number's high for the history, but that Jacksonville team is awful. Let's be real. Uh, they're terrible. It's a terrible football team. We saw that last week. They, they, they're, they, in the last couple of weeks, you've actually seen guys loafing on tape, and that's never a good sign. They know they're, they're going to have a new coach. Uh, I think the Colts will go down there. Jonathan Taylor's had success against them in the games against them. He'll have another big game against them. I would. I, it's a big number, so I don't love it, but I would probably take the Colts before I would take the Jaguars. Yeah, the, the look ahead was nine and a half, so I jumped six points with Indy needing this game now to make the playoffs. They didn't exactly roll Jacksonville in the last game either. They weirdly struggled to match up over the last few years, like you said. But if you're going to roll any Jacksonville team, it should have been earlier this season when they played them uh, with how bad Jacksonville is. Indy's D can struggle against the pass, and Lawrence really needs to put something positive on tape heading into the offseason because there's a lot of questions about him as a number one pick right now. But I do think this line's probably three points too high. If I could stomach playing the Jaguars, I would have put Jaguars in as a best bet, but I can't do it, so I'm just making a lean on the Jaguars. I yeah, I don't see how you can back the Jags, but I don't I don't expect the Colts to just obliter- obliterate them. I mean, they've struggled way too much with this team down there to to expect them just to dominate. The other hand, the other thing though is like you could just run Jonathan Taylor 50 times, 40 times in this game and maybe 25 times you give Naheem carry Naheem Hines a bunch of carries too. I mean, they just run run the football a bunch, get out of town with a win, lock up your playoff berth. Um, unless they just get like, I don't know. It's hard to imagine the Colts losing this game, even with the history of uh, the struggles down there in Jacksonville. But it's 15 and a half, too many points to lay for a team on the road. Bengals at the Browns. Browns minus six over under 38. Joe Burrow has confirmed he will not play in this game. Um, We also, Baker Mayfield is out. He's on IR. He's going to have labrum surgery. Sounds like the Bengals are basically going to rest their entire team, which is why this line has shot up to Browns minus six, Pete. Yeah, and look, the Bengals are going to sit guys, and and when they start sitting guys, they're not in a lot of spots. They're not exactly loaded with guys, backup guys that are worth a damn. Most teams aren't, but there's even worse. So I'm going to play the Browns here. I don't love them, but I think they're going to go in there and play. You know the backups better than than you know their starters will play better than the backups. So I'll take Cleveland minus the points, but it, it looks fishy to me. They, even with Brandon Allen playing, it still looks fishy. But I'll still lay the points minus six. Yeah, I heard Baker out. It's actually a positive, I think, with, with how he's played. You want Keenum in there, um, and that's better for the Browns right now. Since he also likely missing several players on the COVID list, even if they weren't a bench or starter, so a lot of these guys probably wouldn't play. But Cleveland's offense has been so bad that I just can't lay six points with them. So it was just going to be a stay away for me. I would have thought about the Browns if this line was lower, but it shot up a little too high for me to think about them. Yeah, it's, you know, like the Browns are – Kind of, I mean, the Browns are down to plenty, down plenty of people too. It's not like the Browns are some healthy team that's been dominant. I mean, they're going to run the football. You can see Nick Chubb end up having a really big game here potentially. Um, six, you're laying, laying six when the total's thirty eight is just you're just playing with fire. I mean, that's a it's just not a great spot to be. These are two teams where motivation is is big time in question, and the Bengals, despite the ability to get the one seed, understand that it's more important to give Joe Burrow that, that sort of like you can give him the buy now, knowing it's very unlikely that if he plays a full game here, uh, he could, you know, he gets the, you actually get the one seed and the buy. And it's more likely that he, you know, dings up his knee a little bit. So probably lean Browns, but, but pass at that number Packers minus four at the lions over under 44 and a half. These teams are combined 19 and 12 to the under this season, but the total is surprisingly high here, Pete. Yeah, this is another game that depending on who's playing, who's not, it's hard to evaluate it. Um, you know, particularly with, with the Packers, how, how long, if he plays guys, how long are they going to play? I, I would probably lean to the Packers. Um, but again, it's just too hard to evaluate this with based on the information and who's going to play and how they're going to yeah, last week I put in the correlated parlay um, of Arizona money line to beat Dallas because if that happened, Green Bay was going to get the number one seed and correlated that with the Lions plus 11 on the look ahead line. Um, so this has bounced around a little bit since then, but you know, you knew you weren't going to get 11 points on the Lions if Green Bay didn't have anything to play for. Um, so it's looking pretty good now. Um, I was hesitant that it was creeping up. It sounds like Packers might want to play their guys, uh, but I can't imagine even if they play 
yeah, at the beginning of the game, they're going to go far into the game. Might be a series or two. Might be a quarter. Um, Goff hopes to play in the season finale. I expect Detroit to play hard anyway for Campbell, whether Goff is in or not. But if Goff is in, I'm, I'm more apt to play the Lions at anything above three. So, because Jordan Love has just looked awful. So if you're getting, you think you're getting Jordan Love for most of this game, I want to be on the Lions side. But I want to hear uh, if we are getting Goff because that's where that's where I would play them. Yeah, I mean. Like Aaron Rodgers came out and said, "We're I'm going to play. Devontae's going to play. We're going to play all our guys." There, what the what, what do you mean? Why would you play all your guys? Like, why would I, you play Rodgers with a toe injury? It makes no sense. Yeah. Now, I mean, the one thing you could argue is Rodgers, and I, I don't think this matters because I think he's probably locked up the MVP anyway. But he wants to make sure that Tom Brady can't have some monster game against the Panthers that causes people to rethink the you know the decision to you know to to go with you know to go with Rodgers for the MVP or you know they know that they're going to have that week off for the bye anyway and they don't want two weeks off so it's possible we get a, a well I a get quarter. not having two weeks off I don't, I don't mind that but if you're yeah. banged up like Rodgers is you sit him he doesn't need to play I, I agree I mean and look if you play Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams like strains his hammy and he can't you know he's not ready for the playoffs people are going to be up in arms it's it's, it's a lose-lose really yep there's there's nothing to gain from beating up on Detroit, who's out of the playoffs. The, the, the just other a, side is if you don't play and you're too go that long without playing, that uh, you might get rusty. So I mean, you heard Peyton Manning talking about it on the yeah. on the Manning cast on Monday. He's like, "Look, man, you know we'd have the three weeks off. You lose your rhythm." So I actually think there's a chance that maybe the maybe the look here is like first half or first quarter for the Packers. First and quarter then, probably. First quarter, and you hope, and you hope that Rogers plays, and they pull, and they, you know, they get up. I actually like the over in this game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add that to my best bets. I know I said the under is like 19 and 12, but I think you'll see. There's no defense here, and if we get anything from Rogers in that first quarter, I think we get 10 to 14 points right there, which would, you know, I think that's not that the line would be that much higher, but I think, I think we get a little bit of value there if Rogers does play. Maybe wait to see. You know, if if you hear that Rogers is gonna play and that comes out. You know, jump on the Packers first half for sure. And the, the books are worried about that as well, because you can see uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there's no first half. There's no, no nothing up. I was oh. coming into this planning to play a first half or first quarter Green Bay as a best bet. They just didn't have an available. So so it's a punt on the game because I think they're waiting to see. They're not going to give you just free money, not knowing who's, how long they're going to play. So um, that's probably why that's not available. That's a good point, RJ. I totally missed on that. Um, yeah. And all the and all their other. Uh, games at 1 p.m. Ha- do have first half and quarter TD scores, et cetera. You know, they're not going to hang up. You know, any- anyway, they don't want to hang a bunch of props not knowing what's going to happen in this game. So I actually kind of tend to think Rodgers will play just a little bit because of the the, the time frame that he's going to miss, uh, you know, with the bye. All right. The Bears at the Vikings. Vikings minus three and a half over under 44 and a half. Justin Fields is all set to start, but he was placed on the COVID list Thursday, all but ruling him out for Sunday's game. Pete, do the Vikings win one for the Zim? Not really. No, I, I love Zimmer's comments this week. You want to you get a good, better look at Kellamon? Not really. Not particularly. Not, yeah. Not was it not was it not particularly? Why not? Because we see him every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, fans don't understand that. They know what he can do and what he can't do. I, look, Mike Zimmer is one of my favorite guys. He's been a great quote throughout the history of this league. He's probably out after the season. This is the hey, fire coach so? job. Yeah, I, there's a chance. I don't know if it's definite because he's got a good relationship with Spielman. So I don't I don't know, but. Um, Nagy's out for sure, so there'll be a change there after the season. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings minus the three and a half. Uh, they're the better team. Um, no matter who plays quarterback for the Bears, they're the better team. So I'll take Minnesota. Kirk Cousins yeah, is back, a, by the way. Kirk Cousins is back, and it's up to five and a half now because Fields was on the co- put a place on the COVID list. So we're gonna get one more Andy Dalton game to send, send us out of this season for the Bears. So that's gonna be awesome to watch. I think there will be resume updating going on for both coaching staffs this week. Uh, so I don't know that you can't really predict the focus here. Um, so because you can't factor in motivation, um, I wouldn't play it at all. I thought Minnesota would be minus six or so in normal circumstances. So the value was there at three and a half. At five and a half now, I just ignore this game. All right, so we're not going to give us. I had a best bet Vikings minus three and a half, but I guess that's see, that seems unfair to give out right now when the line is currently five and a half, right? Well, if you sent it in early right. when it was three and a half, I mean, you can you can get it there because that's when we're locking in our picks. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. we'll give it to you. 
but I wouldn't, you couldn't add it now and say, Oh, look, it's five and a half. Put me down for three and a half now. Did you have it? No, no, I mean, I, I don't see it on your list. It's on my list. Oh, it is. You're good then. Okay. I mean, all right, I'll take it, but I I don't mind the Vikings at minus five and a half. And I, I do actually like, I know somebody, uh, Ramstein read in the YouTube comments, by the way, if you're, uh, if you are, if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Boop. Um, I do like the over. He, he points out that over 44 and a half is a best bet. I think the, the Vikings, again, they always raise the ceiling of the teams that they play in terms of their, their yardage and their plays. And we could see the bears have a couple explosive plays. I really wanted Justin Fields in there for this over, but uh, that's, you see it's dipped a half a point. I still, I still don't mind it though. I think, I think we could see that the total uh, hit pretty easily jet. Finally jets at bills, bills minus 16 over under 41, Pete. What a, an amazing game. That's likely on CBS. So you should watch it. Yeah. Um, the, the jets were actually better last week. I thought Zach Wilson played good uh, for him. I mean, he's getting better. They ran the ball. The offensive line was better. Now the, the, the other team, the Bucs, weren't very good last week. They didn't play very well until they had to. Uh, but the secondary is bad for uh, the Jets, and they'll struggle in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Allen to make throws. He didn't play well last week. He'll get it going this week. They need this game. So I'll take the Bills minus the 16. I don't like it. It's not a best bet. I don't like laying that many. But if I, I'm not taking the Jets plus 16. That's for sure. Yeah, the Bills seem to find something in the run game last week too. So maybe they lean on that here for the win in a game that they probably – don't think they have to do too much, you know, just be conservative and run the ball and beat this bad team with your defense. Um, so Jets have shown some fight last few weeks, even with their depleted offensive weapons. Had Miami tied in the fourth quarter, then beat Jacksonville, then almost beat Tampa. So maybe Robert Sala has his team moving in the right direction. Um, but it's too big a number for me to lay. I would I would lean Jets with them showing something the last few weeks. I did want to go over in this game, but it could be a windy game. Uh, might depress the scoring a little here, and I worry that Buffalo could run a little more than we expect. So I'm just going to lean to six, plus 16 on the Jets, lean to the total over, but not going to play anything. I don't I don't know how you bet this game. Like, what, <laughs> like, like what, are you, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, maybe you could throw the bills in like a money line parlay to bump it up. <laughs> like, you know what you're bumping it up to. Um, speaking of parlays, just I mean, the bills are gonna the bills should the bills should handle this game. I would. Um, I don't know that I can back the. I just don't know that I can back the the Jets in any form or fashion. What's our What's our parlay, by the way? That's what I was about to say. Do you want to well, take the, the Bucks minus eight? The Falcons, the Falcons for one. I'll put the Bucks minus eight in there because I think pizza. Yeah, you were, you were almost making that a best bet. So if Princeton likes the Bucks yeah. minus eight, um, we could do that. Bucks minus eight. Yeah. All right. So Falcons plus four and a half. Bucks minus eight. And I don't like the Ravens. Play. You don't like the Ravens, RJ? Um, I think I think Ravens are okay. Um, I just I think it's a lower scoring Washington. game. And Washington. Yeah, we can do Washington minus seven. Let's I don't do I don't love Washington, but Washington. but That's taking the team to play in the Giants is probably a safe bet. All yeah. right. Falcons, Bucks, WFT. That's our our suddenly hit our, our chance of the let's go streaking back to back. Can't miss, can't lose parlay. Uh, let's let's get two to close out the season. Maybe we'll even piece them together for the playoffs. Here are the best bets. The recap portion of the program again. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube, Spotify. If you're listening there, go ahead and give us a five star rating. Pete's picks: Chiefs minus ten, Falcons plus four and a half, Seahawks Cardinals over forty eight. Rams minus four and a half Texans plus 10 Pats Ravens teaser RJ's best bets. KC Denver. Oh, look at this light card. RJ trying to protect the yeah, RJ went for the light card this week. It's week 18. Trying to hold on to his lead. Yeah. Week 18 is a bad time to have a big card. It's a bad time to need seven win to go seven and zero to finish the season five regular season 500. Even KC Denver under 44 and a half. Atlanta plus four and a half, Tampa Bay minus eight, and Las Vegas plus three. My best bets. WFT minus seven, Falcons plus four and a half, Ravens minus a big card. Ravens minus five and a half, 49ers plus four and a half, Vikings minus three and a half. It is five and a half now. I would still take it, but I, I'm going to I'm going to take my point by two points there for this record. Pats, Dolphins under 40, and Packers, Lions over 44 and a half. That's a seven and zero card to finish the season 59 and 59. 
So what do I need to do to win the season series? I'm 57 and 50, and RJ's 56 and 46. So I need him. He goes one and three. No, I got a shot. I got a shot. You definitely have a shot. It's week 18. Anything can happen. Yeah, I got a shot. Brinson, you're done. Yeah, I'm not winning. I just, I'm just trying to get to 500. So you'd have to sweep the board then. That's 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 why I have seven picks in. Yeah, sweep you're the not board. getting 500. I was that would be the best parlay of all is to take you <laughs> not the parlay, but we'll just minus how much is Brits is not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, not sweep the board is probably minus. I mean, minus ten. What would a seventeen parlay? What would a seventeen parlay bet? Uh, I don't know. Twenty to one. No, more than that. We're, we're yeah, talking like 100, 100 to one area, probably at least. Yeah. And probably, probably even more. Um, I guess I got to throw all these in a parlay then, huh? Let's yeah. see. What, yeah, what do yeah. I have? Let's see. I have a. Uh, You're not making it, by the way. 90 to one range for that seven teamer. Uh, Devo says he put it in there. Devo, so good. So 90 to one. So you put a hundy on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see you for the playoffs. Um, all right. Put a dime it. on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think so. Put a dollar on it. <laughs> Somebody, somebody in the chat says my picks are sus. Yeah, that's that's right. My picks are sus. Um, thank you, Swaggy D NYC. You know what sus means, Pete? Yeah, the sag, the Swaggy D thing. Mine are sus too. Probably. My, I would think mine. I would think they're all sus this week. It's a Pete, terrible Pete, week. Pete, you should go on HQ this afternoon and, and use sus, like drop sus and no, see what happens. No. Like, no. do you know who's sus? <laughs> Raiders are sus. <laughs> see what happens. Uh, All right, that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. For RJ and Pete, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.